and good afternoon everyone. Um, hope you're all doing fine. Hope you can all hear me. James, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you, sir. Good evening, sir. All right. Good evening. How are you doing? Good to have you, James, and good to have you, Emmanuel. All right, you're the only two we have right now for this live um, class, and it's good to have you guys here. Um, as you might know, this is going to be the last um, official class for the um, logo training um, for the logo training that we've started um, about 12 weeks ago, and um, it has been really good having the cohort. Um, the feedback has been good. Your participation has been good, and it's good to have both of you here because. You have been very active, Emmanuel and James. I must commend your um, commitment and dedication in activities uh, um, that has been that you've been encouraged to participate in in class. Um, so you've all, you've both done very well. I'm very proud of the progress you've made um, individually. Um, although I understand that the 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 idea to this training is not, we are not trying to foster um, immediate activity because I realized that not everyone has the opportunity to be able to work on stuff or make out that free time. Um, so it's structured in such a way that even if you do not have free time for months to come, you can always come back to the group and um, catch up on what has been done, even after the training has ended officially. There's always access to come back, um, uh, to come back and review things that have been, um, that we've discussed or where we've treated. Now, what I want you to understand is that this training is not the end. It's closer to the beginning than the end. You know, it's so far from the end for most of you. So, you know, a lot of people go for trainings and then they, you know, they, they, finish the training kind of feeling, oh, I'm not as wonderfully good as I, I thought I would be. And that's the essence of a training is to get you on a journey because you have so much more time ahead of you. Um, so there's no training that can cover um, how much time you have ahead of you as a designer. Um, so, and that's why with education today, I particularly don't believe that education should be long because things change rapidly. So the problem with our Nigerian university education, and not just Nigerian, but general university education, is that people stay in school for four years minimum, four years, five years, six years, seven years. It is too long a time to put people in school if they are not being exposed to the real world. Because if you're in school for four years and you're not exposed to the outside frequently, then you're no better than a prisoner that I was imprisoned for four years and came out and realized that they've invented mobile phones, they've invented internet, they've invented flat screen TVs. You understand? Then you now have to adjust to the reality. I believe that school should be open, should allow people to go out and come in and bring in some of the ideas they got in the real world into the classroom. Um, so I don't really believe in that structured education of four years, and this is what we teach within that four years, then you go out and now go and look for how to implement it. No, I believe school should be, you go out, 
see problems, bring it to the school environment, solve it, go back out, see problems, bring it to the school environment, solve it. And um, so thank you for being a part of this training and um, just to assure you that as you continue to practice the principles that have been given to you during this training, it will improve, not might, it's if you if you continue to practice, it will improve your skills as a creative, as a designer, very important. And I say creative and designer because a lot of you are designers right now, so you're still actively designing, you're still actively clicking the mouse, actively presenting to clients, actively sketching. Trust me, a time will come when you can't actively do these things anymore. It might be due to your age. It might be due to the um, raising a family. You just don't have time to just sit down and do five hours on a laptop anymore um, or on a computer anymore. Um, you know, it might just be due to the fact that you can't keep up with the software that are out there anymore. You understand? Like you, like, like you could when you were younger. You can't compete with younger people anymore. And it might just be that you just don't have an interest in expressing design that way anymore. You must prepare yourself for it. Um, one mistake I made is I didn't prepare myself for it. I always thought that I would design for the rest of my life. So I saw myself, I, I would say, I mean, I'll design till, I, till I'm 40 years old, um, till I'm 70 years old. So I used to look at people like Paul Rand, Saul Bass that were way into their early, their, their 70s, their 60s, you understand kind of thing. I said, that's how I want to do it. But then I didn't realize that the world now is different from when them Paul Rand were starting. Because then when they started, design was a new thing. You understand? It was a new thing. Now design is not a new thing anymore. Branding is not a new thing anymore. And we always seek higher expressions. So when I turned 40, I realized I just didn't enjoy designing anymore. That was two years ago. I just didn't enjoy it. One thing, I don't know any, if any of you is 40 years old yet, but I can guarantee you, your life changes at 40. And you know, that's why that saying, a fool at 40 is a fool forever. I thought it was just a saying, but I didn't understand that it was reality. If something doesn't change in you when you're 40, you're probably not going to change again. But when, I when I turned 40, I realized that my view of the world, my appreciation, my the value I put on design kind of changed. And um, it was then that I now started looking for a higher expression of my skills as a creative. And so, but it was hard to transit. Um, but if I had prepared myself for that to say, look, I'm approaching 40, I need to start searching for a higher expression of my creative skill that is outside of clicking the mouse, presenting to clients, I would have been prepared by the time I was 40. But I've started doing it and the transition wouldn't have been hard. For me, transition was hard and it was very, very, um, it was hard. It was, uh, I felt like it was really, really hard to transit from what I had been doing for 18 years when I was when I started at 24 to changing it, changing from that mode of expression when I was 40. So um, for you, I want to guarantee you. I still have people in my mentoring group that still tell me I want to be a designer for for the rest of my life, and I tell them it's not going to happen. You understand? When you get to a particular age, there will be a certain dissatisfaction with the expression of design you are doing. And then you need to transit to something else. And I met a lot of people too that are at that age where they're like, sir, I used to enjoy designing. I used to love designing. It used to be my life, but now I just I just don't enjoy it anymore. Is there something wrong with me? And I tell them there's nothing wrong with you. 
you're just growing. It's a growth period. Um, you're growing into the next thing. It's like a, a caterpillar going into a cocoon to become a butterfly. It seems strange when it starts happening to the caterpillar, but it's, it's, you have to allow it to happen. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully what you've learned in class will help you to apply yourself as a designer, if you're at the design stage right now, and to apply yourself as a creative in the future going forward. Um, so well done. Timmy, it's good to have you join us here today. Um, so today is a Q&A class. Okay, Timmy. No, you want something? Can go, go ahead. No, nothing. I'm just saying good evening, sir. All right, good evening, good evening, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, so I think I was I asked Emmanuel this question last week, so I'll start with Timmy and James today um, and ask you what the experience has been, like this 12-week experience in this logo design training. What has it been like for you? Um, I What has it been like? How has it helped? How has it not helped? And if you could recommend, I just say, I think for people coming in the next class, what do you think we can do to make it better for them? If you could recommend. Um, so I'll start with Timmy. Hello, good evening again. Okay, can you hear me? I think the yeah, network is. Okay, okay. Okay, for me, the class, um, it's eye-opening. I, I think what I love about it the most is it's more intellectual than, I don't know whether to say practical, because of course we still had practical stuff to do. Yes, but the, the principles which we are going to carry um, for the rest of the, not just design journey, but the creative journey, where a bulk of what um, we got to learn here, you know, um, how to get inspiration, copying, sketching, all of that. Um, for me, they were they really opened my eyes, you know. Especially, I think the class where you talked about um, brand companies. Okay, how to get inspiration? Companies that like the best best brand companies, you know. So I just went to um, type the information and I saw um, design from um, Zip. I've forgotten the names of this company, you know, but I think Lando, I can remember Lando. I saw one logo they did. I can I I can't forget that picture. It's been weeks, but my brain kept going round and round. How, how did they come about? How did they think about this? And it, it just like it's pushing me, you know, to to just think beyond what is um really um visible within the you know what what I'm used to settling for, right? Um knowing that creativity is vast now, so you can push it beyond your limit. I could push it beyond my limit now. Then for the um, the practical we did um, recently, the brand, you know, when we had to do the mock-up and all of that, uh, I, I, I remember you um, talking about my work and saying that I, I didn't do, um, uh, I've forgotten, I can't remember the exact name for it, but something like, you know, the envelope mock-ups, you know, those, um, yes, yes, yes. So in my mind, I really didn't know that those were the necessities, right? I just like, okay, mock it up, not knowing that th there's the specific ones you are looking for, even though you are doing 
mock-ups for the company, but these are the stuff you need to cover. So I had those particular mock-ups set on my um, my collection, but I kept looking at it and like, ah, people do this thing too much. Let me just not do it. Let me go to something different. And then I realized that it's not about um, something different. It's about what works. So it could be similar, but does it apply? you know to the project you are doing to what you are showcasing to the brand so basically it's it's, it's been a beautiful experience for me and um, i don't know maybe i would have loved a little bit of maybe more practical um for me I, i'm not so experienced here and um, logo design is not a strength in fact it's a do it afraid thing for me that's that's why i have to sign up for the class yes so it's it's a do it afraid this thing for me i just told myself to me you have to you have to go learn this thing you have to know it right uh, yes there's there's a creative thing there but i've always not seen myself like you can do logo design so that's why basically i signed up for the class uh, thank god i did so well i i would have maybe like to maybe have some more hands-on experience because i i noticed that when i needed to um okay the, the first from the sketching stage so now um translating it to um what is it vectorizing it i still had some constraints even though eventually i scaled through that but but i, I still had some constraints with um the vectorization and all of that of course there's still room for learning and practicing and all of that so basically that's that's it for me that's my experience for this class all right i think it's very interesting for you to say that it was um a do it afraid thing for you because your work was really good i would never have thought that you were like new to logo design because you did very good work i would think you, you have been doing it for a while um so i'm i'm pretty impressed that that's you doing it afraid so i can imagine you doing it confidently now um so yeah, yeah I, I think i'm i'm impressed with the fact that um it is it is a new experience for you and from what you've done, I realized that it's it's an experience you should you should practice some more because your work is good. Um, your work is good. If that's if that's if that's entry level for you, I've seen a lot of people's entry level and nothing close to what you are doing in terms of the way you are able to present your work, um, the, the 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 way you are able to come up with a brand name that that looks good, the way you are able to be simple from the beginning. A lot of people that's the biggest issue they have simplicity that beginnings is hard for them to be simple um, so it's a good thing and what i would advise you to do to me is continue to copy you understand in your private work continue to copy it, it, a lot of people try out coming up with their ideas their unique ideas at the beginning it is not a good approach it's an approach that a lot of people have is an approach that i used to teach before i will be honest with you cohort one that's what we did I made people come up with their unique ideas. And at the end of it, I realized that some people that still finished with cohort one were still struggling with logo design. They didn't have much to show after um, the, the training was done. So, and, 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 my, and my own, um, my, the, the idea behind this for me is that after this, at least you should have one job you can show to clients as, Oh, I did this. And just like what you did with that Mahim resort, if you show that to any client, they'll say, Oh, I think this girl can work with our stuff instead of working on some fictitious stuff that wouldn't be good. 
you understand and when you work on fictitious stuff that is not good you get feedback that wouldn't encourage you so if then they are not good they are not too good if you know it someone that is potentially good will be discouraged that they are not good so i feel the most important thing like like a baby copy that's how babies learn they copy they look at what mommy and daddy are doing what their brother and sister are doing and then they try to copy and by copying they learn basic words they learn how to do basic things and when they grow up more they start coming up with their own ideas of doing stuff but the way we learn in school is come up with your basic ideas no no, no. i don't think people should start coming up with their basic ideas early enough i think by copying you begin to do things well you start off on a good note and then you get good feedback and then you continue you continue to learn on those principles i remember the first design i did on corel draw was just a, a pamphlet i saw and i just copied it just copied where they put the header that was my first lesson in hierarchy i never knew about hierarchy but as i was copying out i said okay the name of the magazine is bigger so i made it big the name of the date the date was a bit smaller so i was looking for a smaller font i put a smaller font there so I, the, the font was lighter i tried to get for a smaller a lighter font i put it at the corner in which they put their own I look at their image, they had an image in the background. It was hard for me to get that because then it was, it was my first time designing a color draw. I didn't know how to put the image in the background, so I don't put an image in the middle, but I copied the principles. And subconsciously, my mind learned that there's hierarchy in design. There's hierarchy in attention and what you want people to, to attention and how you want people to read. But imagine if I just designed that in my room without, without seeing something. I would have made the header the same size with the date. And I put the image somewhere that wasn't meant to be, you know. So I, I realized this, this issue of copying, people don't get it enough. And I would advise you keep copying. Copy in your spare time. You, you, you'll be surprised how much that will build you when a real client comes at the end of the day. So um, thanks for that. James, um, I want to hear from you. How was the experience from you? Because yours is quite a unique situation where you, you were designing with your phone, you understand? How has that been? Are you still designing your phone? The exercises you've done in class, are they been on your phone? How has it been for someone who has been like a smartphone designer? Okay, good evening, sir. Yeah, good evening. I hope everyone. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right, so I want to thank you very much for this class. Um, the knowledge I've gained so far compared to when I, just, when I joined the class, I've gained so much, so much. Uh, if you, even if you look at the first facts I submitted, you not you see that I'm not I've not been into logo design, but I've been a graphic designer. I've been into doing players, marketing players, and all that. But I was not really good with logos, and I realized that as a marketing designer, I would need to know how to do how to create effective logos as well for brands for my clients. So that was what made me to actually enroll for. For this class and i'm really grateful for what i've learned so far though i bought a pc recently so i'm not using my phone for the task so i got a pc recently before i started doing the practical aspect of the class and um so far so good adobe illustrator was uh it's kind of something that i did not i did not expect that i would learn so fast like that and with the principles you taught us one thing I want to appreciate more is the principles you, you, you taught us. I, I think people used to say that the, 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 the strategies or the tactics 
would it would come to a time when the tactics, the strategies would you know would change. But over time the principles should still remain the same. So the principle of copying, sketching and all that that's also at the my logo design process. And today now, if a client comes to me to ask for a logo design, I think I'm, I'm, I'll be able to deliver better than when I just joined the class. So thanks so much, sir. Uh, the the um, tips you give us uh, how to get inspirations, uh, how to copy. Although I, I've never thought of copying, because they used to say if you want to, one needs to stand out or something that the idea of copying, you should not do a direct replica of someone's work. That even if you want to copy, you should, you should model. I've never thought of it that, okay, it's when you copy that you, you learn more, that you learn better. And it's one of the new things I learned in the class. And I've really seen that when you copy into details, not just even copying, but copying into details, you get to learn more and your brain gets adapts you, you'll be able to adapt yourself to getting something like that done so and uh, you talked about um investing in design books talked about um the quality of inspirations also that these are one of the things or these are the things that i learned newly in this class investing in design books and being intentional about the quality of inspiration so those principles i got because most of the class I used to join on graphic design, they are just how to use the tool. Most all the tutorials just the and if you go to YouTube, you see all of those tutorials there. But the principles that you really took time to you know explain to us, I really appreciate that. So thank you very much for the class. Thank you very much, James. Um, so in, in terms of what what would you what do you think? Could have been done better. What do you think you wanted to do more of? You know, if if you want to say, okay, for the people coming next now, what do you think will make the experience better for them? Um, since this class is not about teaching softwares and all that, mm. I think the class is still okay. The the class uh, from my experience so far in this class now, I think the class is more of teaching you the basics and making you know the principles that will scale you through as a logo designer or make you that will stand you out from other logo designers i'm not seeing the class as a class that will teach you how to use software how to use the adobe illustrator i had to go to youtube and then there's this guy because i got on youtube that i watched over and over before i could do some vectorization with the adobe illustrator i think the class okay, was it I, I, was that was that video helpful to you the one you watch on youtube yeah 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 it was a three it's a three hours video and it oh, was really okay. if you don't mind can you share it with us on the group because some other people yeah, might yeah. also need that mm. yeah, no problem so i'll do that okay i think um I, I i'll talk to you some more james because um in in you know I wasn't used to this whole smartphone design, but I realized that there are a lot of people that design with their phones. So 
before yeah. i used to be very dismissive of that category and i realized that was a wrong stance of saying no, you shouldn't design with your phone it's not professional it's not this but i realized that's very dismissive you understand and and it is it is an approach to design that one must reckon with now you cannot just it's not going anywhere fast there will be people who design with their phone and um for someone like you now is it is it something you're going to continue with like smartphone design or are you are, are you now going to transit to um designing with your system with your laptop what, what the two experiences what, what what's how, how are they to you what are the differences which one do you enjoy okay more? okay as far as logo design is concerned i think using pc would be better first logo mm -hmm. because you know some client would want to want you to render those designs in some format that you cannot render on fixed on phones like maybe in ai in eps formats in you know all those formats and with phone i don't think it's possible to render those designs in those um in those formats so but when it comes to player designs and all that i'll still be using my phone it's, i just mm. got the pc just for logo design because okay. hello yeah james can you hear me hello yeah we can hear you james okay so I said, but when it comes to flare designs, I'll point. I think James' network is is acting up at the designs. Okay, James. You know, I think your network is messing, is is acting up a bit, but I will talk to you. Yeah, yeah, it might be it might be a network problem. Um, but I, I think I'll talk to you privately some more to just find out what more about this smartphone design and what the difference is with um Okay, with okay. Yeah, no. hmm. All right, I'll talk to you some more. Um Christian, it's good okay. to have you with us. Join us. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, good evening, everybody. Good Christian. Um, it, it's great to have you in this live class. I think this is the first time I'm having you in, in one of our live classes. Um, I, I, today happens to be the last official class we are having in this training. So I'm just getting people's feedback, what the experience has been for them. And I, I'd like to have what your what the experience has been for you. Okay. okay. So um, apologies, I've not been able to join the class. It's all about work. Um, just that I happened to get home early today. Because okay. Because of the rain, the roads were quite free. So my experience so far in the class has been you know, top notch. Um, I've been designing for quite a while, and uh, you actually broke down the basics. Even the the website you shared with all style. I was happy to have that. I've been going through some international uh, um, brand guidelines, and it's been wonderful. Been, I really increased my exposure. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
I think that's the basically for me that's it. Um, on how to even draw, I hate using pencils, so that's why I find myself drawing this stuff which I shared on the platform, which was really nice. And my wife was even here watching me. I was like, "Come on, you can draw like this. Why not draw it?" So basically, just just it. It's just my experience so far. It's been wonderful. Okay, that's cool. But do you work as a designer or do you do design as a side business? Your nine to five, is it is it design? So my nine to five is design. I work with my people also. I'm head of the branding team there. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, do design like everyday stuff. That's cool. And also nope. for my other, other stuffs. Okay, all right, that's cool. All right, so so so, so you're a core designer. That's what it means, and that's good. Yes. Um, so but how long have you been designing? I've been designing since two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a long time. Okay, yeah. all right. All right, that's cool. Um, you know, I, I'm impressed with the fact that um, you are someone that is into design. You've been designing for 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 a long time. And um, you still decided to invest in this. I think that's very impressive for me. You know, since I started this training, there are two categories of people that have joined. There are people that are, that are just starting out. Um, the, the two categories that people that really impressed me. So people that are just starting out, they're like, I've never done design before, but they just have the, the boldness to just sign up for this training. I'm very impressed with their audacity. But then there are always this category of people who have been designing for a long time, who I always feel, I don't see why they are signing up for this. But they sign up and they say, I want to learn this particular part of design. I'm always in, impressed with their humility, you understand? Because it takes a lot of humility to say, I want to sign up for something that I've been doing since 2005. A lot of people will say, I will figure it out myself. Um, so <laughs> it, 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 it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I want to encourage that humility that you have. To continue yeah. to go out and learn it's it's i've actually been following your class i've been following you online for a long time uh, yourself and uh, there's this guy at shomolu which i also attended his training one time like that okay. i've been you know following you online and you're teaching your logo concept and everything i do you know so when i saw this i think I said to myself, no, this is like an opportunity for for me to meet you in person, you know, see your way of teaching and everything. So that's why I actually enrolled. And so far, I think the experience has been great. Thank you very much. Thanks for the feedback. I really appreciate it. And it has been great having you guys to be part of this cohort. Um, as I said, today is going to be Q&A. So I'll just quickly go through the the questions uh, I, I think there was only one person that sent the question so i will i will start with her questions um i have questions from hannah um so let me share my screen so that as i read it you might see, you can see the questions yourself Okay, so I have questions from Hannah here. 
I think the first question Anna is asking is, I've been trying to sketch. I'm not great at it. It's frustrating. How do I draw with grid? Uh, how do I make the right proportions? So that's the first question. That's a very good question. She says she's not used to sketching. And Kristen too pointed that out to saying he didn't like drawing. And I, I, I fall into that category too. If you listen to my audio, the, the first on, on sketching, I never started out sketching. I was one of those people that just went to the system straight to start working. Um, so I never used to sketch. And so when you start to sketch initially, it can be quite frustrating because it's a it's like a motor skill that you that you're not being used to doing. But one thing about sketching is that a lot of people tell me they can't sketch. Um, but sketching is like writing. It's just instead of writing is a form of sketching. When, when you are writing, what you are sketching are words. When you are sketching, what you are when you are sketching for for art's sake, what you are sketching are symbols, are ideas, and stuff like that. And in, as a matter of fact, the alphabet system, they're all symbols. They're all symbols. So when you write A, you just did a piece of art. When you write B, it's a piece of art because the A in itself started out as the, the, the head of an ox. And um, over time, it kind of went through um, like um, Hebrew people to like the Romans. And when it got to the Romans, they kind of changed it. It went through like three cultures. And when it got to the Romans, they kind of changed it and put it upside down. And that's why it looks like a triangle that you see today. But it was, it was the other way. It was, it was a V. It was meant to be an, um, the, the head of an ox initially. But it was too complicated. So they simplified and simplified. I'll try to look for a video. This video I watched some time ago that talks about the evolution of all the alphabets that we have and you'll be surprised how they all started out and how we got to where we are right now but every time you write you are sketching every time you write you are drawing you understand but we've just categorized the alphabet system as writing and not drawing so everybody can sketch a baby can sketch you give a baby a pen it starts scribbling and doodling that's what you are meant to do um, so it might start out frustrating because Initially, it seems like it's slowing down your process. I think one of the first things we try to do when we are sketching is what I sketch must be what comes out on the computer. No. If you do that, you'll be frustrated. If you, if you start out that way, you'll be frustrated. As I said in the, in the audio about sketching, sketching is meant to loosen up your mind. Sometimes what you sketch is not what you get on your computer. What it makes you, it loosens up your mind. It's just like warming up your mind to creativity to ideas so sometimes all my sketches they look different from what i have on my system it's okay sketching is meant to make you see that there are possibilities um sometimes when you're on the computer you're not loose enough and so it's, it's it can become very rigid but when you're starting to start to sketch you begin to your mind becomes fluid you understand you're fluid and you begin to see possibilities in how to write, how to uh, ideas for a logo, what to how to adjust particular alphabet. So sketch is not hard. Um, it's it, it, it's something that that just loosens the mind. So I feel for you, Hannah, don't be too focused on your sketch being something you must develop for a, as a logo for a client. Let's just be a part of your everyday life. So sketch even when you don't have a client. 
to just think about it and just say, oh, my name starts with H. Let me just sketch versions of H. You're not doing it for a logo. You're just doing it because you want to loosen your wrist, loosen your hand. And when it becomes a part of your culture, then you be real, you, you, your, your personal culture, you realize that you begin to integrate it into your work. So don't start out by trying to integrate it into your work. Start out by trying to integrate it into your life. When you do that, you realize that the process will flow into your work seamlessly. So don't sketch for clients. Sketch for Hannah. Sketch to make Hannah a, a, a frequent doodler. You understand? That's what you're. That's what you're. That's why. That's why you're doing it. That's what you're doing it for. You um, asked about how to draw with grids and how to make um, the right proportions. Now, grids. The grid system is 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 not as complicated as people make it seem. If all you do with the grid is to make things align, that's good enough. You understand? You don't need to make use of every single dot on the grid. It's just to allow you align. For me, that's how I use grid. You understand? You don't need to make use of every single dot. So I'll use Jock's work here. Jock has submitted his, his sketch for the week and he used the grids very well. Um, and Jock is also one of those people that signed up and I'm like, it shows a lot of humility because Jock has been designing for a very long time and he's an incredible designer. But you can see how he has used the grids here. Um, let me try to edit this. All right, so you see, simply, Jocks had just used the grids to allow him align his work. So when you look at this, you see, you have the same top line and the same baseline. That's what he has used the grid for. That's what greed allows you to do. It's very hard to do this if you are judging with your eye. Done the same thing with this too. Tell me. The same thing with this. The same thing here. So it, look, it makes his work look very neat. That's how you use greed. So you can see there are a lot of dots that he hasn't used. A lot of dots that he hasn't used. But then he just uses it to align his work. That's how he uses the grid. So when he needs to draw lines, you see, with this X, you can see how, how he has used the grid to draw X. So he doesn't need a ruler. He used this to draw into this line. Then use that, join that. He's just connecting dots. Sorry, this, this might not be a good app to, but you can see how he has done that, where he has used the grid to draw this. So for this one, he has used the dots. You can see there's a dot here, 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 dot here, dot here, dot, dot. So that's what he has used to form the basis of where his lines will go. If you look at this two, the same thing, dot here, Dot, at, at every junction, there's a dot. So there's a dot. So it's just connecting dots. And that's how you can use the grid system. It's not complicated at all. Use it to align your work. And you also use the connecting of the dots to allow you know where the line should run through. 
So to draw, if I go to draw a, a um, a slanted line, instead of using, let me try to clean up this page to see clear all. Instead of using your your eye, you can just easily just say, I'll start from this dot and I'll take it down to this dot. So you try to go and see, because you are using your grid, it will guide you. That's what he has done with this V. You understand? So using using the grid system is not is not hard at all. It's not complicated. But when you talk about proportions, you see, you get to understand proportions the more you copy. When you copy, you um, you you begin to see the proportion and see how people use proportion. So I I I put out some logos here earlier on, um, and this how how you see this how you use proportions. Now, never try to figure out things by yourself. Use, always look at what other people have done. So look at Mattel now. That's how you use proportions. You can see, you look at the size of their brand name. Look at the size of their descriptive name. Look at the size of their icon. Look at the space between their icon and the and the brand name. Look at the space between the brand name and the descriptive name. You must copy these things to a T. Copy them as much as possible to a T. So, you, so even if it means you take Mattel and you put it into your Illustrator and write on top of Mattel, you understand your own brand name and descriptive name just to get that proportioning. That's how you do proportioning. How big is their, how, what's the scale of their icon to their brand name? What's the scale of the brand name to the descriptive name? What is, what, what style of font have they used for their brand name? What kind of style of font have they used for their descriptive name? That's how you get, you get to understand proportioning. They've used a serif font for their brand name and a sans serif for their descriptive name. You look at how they've used colors. Their brand name is white. Their descriptive name is gold. And they balance it up because their icon is also gold. So it's like white sandwich within gold. That's how you learn proportioning. You learn proportioning by copying the details of already established logos. So you look at look at their proportions and you kind of get inspired by their proportions. That's how you, you learn proportions. Um let me go to Anna's second question. Anna says, do you do other forms of design like UI, UX, or is your focus branding? Um, well, personally, my, my focus is branding. I don't do UI, UX. Um, but, you, you know, I specialize in branding, but doesn't mean that's all I do. Yeah, when you say branding, branding is such a, um, it's such an all-encompassing term. So a lot of people think logo design is branding, but it's just a part of it. UI UX is a part of branding. Layout design is a part of branding. Print is a part of branding. Signage design is a part of branding. Merchandising is a part of branding. Um, but so 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 we all do branding. As long as what we do influences the perception of the customer.
to to the brand you are branding so but um i know what you're trying to say do i focus on logo design yes but it's not all i do um i don't do as much of logo design anymore right now but when i used to do logo design it was it was my core it was what, what i wanted to be known for and so um but in the background i used to do some layout design i used to do brochure design um i used to do signage i was very i'm very very heavy on doing for signage so i do a lot of signages for people too um yeah so i focus on branding because i want people to I want people to remember me easily. So if you bombard people with too many services, the chances are they won't remember you for anything. But if you focus on one, um, people would remember. It's easier for people to remember one thing than to remember five things. Um, so if there's one thing they can remember you for as your core, um, then people will contact you more. So yeah, I, I don't do UI, but I, but I do um, I do most other forms of design. Um, at least when I used to do design. Um, third question is, in situations where I feel I have done justice to an identity, yet the client says they don't like it, what should be my next course of action? And is there anything like refunding the money, like refunding the money received since the client doesn't like the design? Now that's a good question. That's a very, pra that's a very practical business question. And this is something you would face as a designer. When you do stuff and the clients say they don't like it now the mistake that a lot of designers make is they go you know we, we have this magician um, approach to design when you design like a magician and what what that means it means that you do everything behind the view of the client and now spring up the design like a magic trick tada see what we've done it's a very dangerous way to work because then the client can say, I'm not impressed with this trick. So design is not a magic trick. It's a collaborative process. So what you need to do is involve the client as you go. That is the most professional way to work. Um, so at each stage, so I, I, I'll tell you that there are different stages of, of design. And so when, when you are approached by a client, the first thing you are going to have is what's called a discovery stage. The discovery stage is when you talk to a client and you ask their what, their why, their who, their where. So you ask what is it they are doing, why they got into the business, who the business is for, where they are going. You understand? So you have to ask those questions. Um, so you're discovering about the brand. At this stage of the design, the client does of the design process the client does more of the talking you do more of the listening that's the discovery stage you understand more talking more listening the kind of more talking you do more listening after the discovery stage you go and do your research now you're going to do a research about all that the client has told you about so you're going to research their what they are going to research their why, they are going to research their who, they are going to research their where. You understand? And bring this information together and present it to the client. This is where you present something called a mood board. A mood board is what sets the mood and the direction for the overall project. So you say, okay, from all you have said, I've gone back and have gone to research and I'm saying this. Would be the style this would be 
the look and feel. This is the kind of font we kind of use to connect with this audience that you are, I want to connect with. This is how we are going to position the, the visuals of this brand to get us to where you are going. So that, where, so that when you get to where you are going, this brand will still sit perfectly within your expectations of where you want to be. So it's a style guide. You're not your style guide, you're not designing anything. No. You are just taking bits and pieces from what you've seen researching. So they might, some of them might be images, some of them might be text, you might they might even be videos there, just something just, just presented to the client. And when you present this to the client, client looks at it, you both talk about it. At this stage, at this stage, you are both talking 50-50. The client doesn't do more talking and you do more listening. No. At this stage, the client talks, you listen, you talk, you listen, you know, it's back and forth. It's like a game of tennis at this stage. So you guys are talking. You are not holding on to anything too tightly. The client can say, mm, I don't think so. You didn't really get it. Then you two can explain. And this is what I was thinking. Don't hold on to anything tight. It is not a presentation of an idea. No. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestive state. Just like your discovery state is a submissive stage. You are discovering. When you are doing your um your mood board it is it is very objective you understand so you guys are having a conversation you understand don't don't don't, don't think don't get don't make it personal that they say i don't like this video you put up no 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 it's not your video anyway you didn't create you just took it from somewhere and just showed it to them so once you you are both agreed on this stage of your mood boarding you can say i like this direction yes you're right i like the fonts the um, uh, um, sample that you are showing to us. I like the style. I like the imaging. You are so right. We want to go this direction. Make sure that is signed off. You understand? Write an email. You after our presentation of the mood board, you said this works for you. Document it. Very important. If you can record it, if the presentation, a Google Meet. That's what I used to do with my partner then. It used to be recorded. You used to record the Google Meet to be recorded, it is there, put it to one side. Then you go into your design. You now go away and start working on that mood board, the look and feel and everything, work within the guidelines of your mood board. Then you now do your design. If you want to, design option. If you want to have one, different people have different ways of working. I've not been an option person. You understand, I always present one. But some people, they work better when they design options. Whatever it is, do something and now present. At this stage, this is where you are going to do a lot of talking. The client will do a lot of listening. So when you show them and you say, based, you're always referring to your mood body. Based on this, we chose this. Based on that, we chose this. Based on this, we chose that. And this is where you show the client. Now, at this stage, if, you, if the client has approved of everything you've done from your discovery, to um, your research and your mood body, your design. If the client has any reservations, it cannot be as serious as cancel it. We don't want it again. No, that's going to be very, very hard to do for some. Because then, for everything they say, you can say, "Oh, but you said this, and you said you like this, and we've done something similar to this based on the feedback we got from you." A lot of people, when they've committed themselves with their words. Apart from the highly irrational ones, always defend what it is that they've committed to. You understand? So 
you present your work and then a lot of times they might tell you all right that's good can we try because even at this time you're not too rigid the problem with designers is that we get too rigid to ideas you're not willing to try so they might say can we try yellow instead of orange can we try this instead of this you must be willing to try your design presentation is not a presentation of the final work so you have examples can we try can we try at this stage you can even tell them okay we can try it or we tried it before you really didn't work but if you want to see it we can send you some of the files after this that just showed what you tried but we don't you can recommend as a professional here telling you can try it or you can tell them hmm, we don't think it will work we really don't think it will work you understand now and you tell them why because this is too feminine, it might be too this, it might so you don't waste your time going to go and try something that's not necessary. But some some of some things you genuinely need to go and try. Because you'll be surprised how right the client might be by telling you to try some subtle things. But it's, but you know what? The flow and the smoothness of this stage is up, up to how humble you are and how you hold on lightly to your ideas. The problem is always that designers hold on lightly to their ideas. And it's because they always think of all the work they've done. So you think, ah, do you know how, much, how many hours I've spent doing this? That was very important to love what you do and to do it passionately. You know, that going back, you must love what you do enough to be able to want to go back and say, let's go back to the drawing board. But if you now get to a stage whereby the client is asking for an over, overall, because that's happened to me too. We say oh, we don't like this thing anymore. We don't care what we said in the um, research stage. We just don't like it. Let's go a different direction. This is where you have the choice to say we are not going back. We've committed too much. Rather, we end it here and find somebody else to do the work. You understand? Because the client that does that will always do that. So if if they are willing to cancel it at the middle, if you go and do something again for them, they will still look at it and tell you. Mm, we don't like it. Let's start again from the beginning. You understand? So you have to be careful the decisions you make at this stage to allow the client to send you back to the drawing board. So if the client says, we know what you said during the mood boarding, we know what you said during the discovery, but now we've seen it, we don't like it. You see, that's where you must know, you must let the client understand that your your hours are billable. You understand? So you let them know to go back to this thing will cost you extra. And if you're not willing to pay extra, then we can not willing to proceed. And this is where you now say, it kind of says, okay, we don't want to continue with this job and stuff like that. Then now, it's now up to you to say, how much work have you done? And I say, oh, we've done so much work. Because you do have, because you have your timeline. You have your documentation. If let them know, we'll refund you 40% based on what we've done. We've done discovery, we've done research. The only thing left is the design stage. For each stage, we charge a 30%. So we've done 30% for discovery, 30% for this. What is what is owed you right now is 40% of your money. So here is 40% of your money back. You understand? You can do that as long as you can defend the stages that you have that you have delivered on. If you can defend it, just don't tell them arbitrarily that you are going to refund. 40%. Then you ask, how did you come about 40%? Why not 50? Then you tell them at each stage, discovery stage, research stage, this stage, this stage, that's how we do our work. But now we can't proceed with the design stage. This is it. You understand what I'm saying? You tell them that is. 
You understand? So that's how you can handle that. But if you are, if it depends on what, what values and principles you have too. Like for me, a lot of times when you get to that deadlock, which has not happened too many times, I, I, I do a full refund. I think only one client I didn't do a full refund for. I didn't even refund anything because what happened was that I designed for this person and the person had approved discovery, research, design, presentation, mock-up, everything. And the person came back after two weeks and said they didn't like the logo anymore. That I should go and design another one. That couldn't happen. Just that. It couldn't happen. So I said, no, 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 happen. I'm not designing anything again. I'm not getting any refund because we've gone through all the process for you. You understand? But most of the time, if I did look at design, for me, and I'm not saying anybody has to, to adopt this, for me, I give a 100% refund back to the client. Um, that's, and that's just a personal thing. No client has a right to ask for 100% if you've done the work. But that's just a personal thing. So I just, I'm always careful telling people to do it. You don't have to adopt it. You understand? But for me, I adopt it because I don't want people to say, oh, Tola owes me money. Didn't I don't have anything to show. No, no, no. I would rather you have the work and just have your 100% and just go back. It didn't work for me. But it doesn't happen a lot. That's the truth. So I don't want anyone to be too scared of that scenario. Any Before a design project devolves into refund the money, a lot of communication must have broken from, from the beginning. Refund my money, it's... It means that the client was offended with you from the very beginning. There was an attitude you showed. There was a lack of responsiveness. It's a very emotional thing for people to say, give me back my money, especially when you've been working together. It's very, very emotional. It shows that you have hurt the client emotionally at a particular stage, and they're now taking it out by asking for a refund. It's not about the refund. It's about they're offended with you somewhere. So that's why human relations is very important. If you're working as a business person, if you are cordial in your relations and the client sees that you're caring, you take their, their, their project seriously, it's very hard for them to say, we don't like it, refund the money. A lot of them, even if they don't like it, they will carry on through, pay, and they might not use it. Because they can't just, they can't discard the fact that you did the work. But at the end, they didn't like it, so they didn't use it. I've had, I've had clients like that too. They can't argue with it. You had good work ethic, you had good customer relations, but somehow didn't click with them. So instead of saying refund the money, they say, okay, that was a bad investment. Let's move on to the next person. You understand? That can happen. Um, all right, so next question. It says, in a situation where, I, okay, I've answered that one just now. Um, what does retiring look like as a designer? That's a good question. And I think I answered that at the beginning of the class. Um, the beginning of the class, I talked about. A lot of people, especially designers, assume that they will design for the rest of their life into their old age. You always feel like that because we are so passionate at the beginning. And I was so passionate at the beginning too. And we forget that we evolve as people. And I tell people, I don't know whether it was this class I was telling or the class before this, that we change every seven years. We change. A human being changes every seven years. The friends you had, hmm, you start to read them. And I don't really like hanging out with Jide anymore. I don't like hanging out with Chidima. I don't find Obi too interesting. I don't, you know, begin to read out people. Someone that you found that was a very close friend, you just don't share anything. Seven years, people evolve. There's a subliminal evolution. 
So you begin to become uncomfortable with things you used to like before. And then you start taking up new interests. Every seven years, it happens to every human being. From the day, from the time you are born, child, seven years old, just start changing. Just start changing. Seven, 14. Just, just start changing. Preferences will change. Sometimes we resist it and just think, ah, what's happening to my life? You understand? Why am I more reclusive? Why am I this? No, just embrace it. You are, you are changing. Your values will change. Same thing with career. You used to love design. But then, but like when I started out design, I started out doing general things and I loved web. I loved then I started not liking web. I started liking logo design. Then after a while, I stopped liking logo design. And I like to teach. And when I was teaching, I like to speak to people. I like doing um uh, what do you call it? Um uh, being called for webinars and stuff and setting up camera. Then I stopped liking it. And I like doing more of my own private recording and just have to we always evolve. You understand? And that's the same thing going to happen to you. So retirement should, it should be pleasant if you allowed yourself to evolve. The people that don't enjoy retirement are people that are rigid. They, they, they go against that evolution and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm still going to hang out with Jide because Jide is my friend from primary school. How can we stop hanging out? You understand? Jide saved my life two years ago. How can I not just not be calling him as much? So you feel they are now subjected to GD. So the friendship with GD now becomes a burden that you feel you have to carry. You understand? But not knowing that letting GD go is going to open you up to John. And John is going to open you up to the next stage of something you want to do in your life. So that's the, that's the same thing about design. Every time I allow myself to lean into what I didn't want to do, um, to lean away from what I didn't want to do, it allowed me to lean into something I wanted to do. So when I started out doing web, which I enjoyed for a while, after a while, that seven-year period, I started, I started, I stopped liking web. So I was leaning away from it. If I stopped taking some web jobs, then that allowed me to see identity. And when I saw identity, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, though. It's more permanent than web. You know, and it allowed me to meet more people in the corporate, corporate field. I started doing that. Then I stopped liking it. I was honest with myself. I didn't like it anymore. I realized, ah, I don't like logos, like actively doing logos anymore. But I like teaching people about logos. I like talking about it, the ideas behind it. The more I was leaning away from the actual doing to talking about it, I started to learn about teaching. I started to like teaching more. A time will come when I won't like teaching. What I'm doing with you guys, cohort one, cohort two, cohort three, cohort four, you might get to court six and say, I don't, I don't like the experience of teaching these people one on one. Let me get someone else to be teaching them. Then what I'll just do is an overview of stuff like that. That leads me to the next thing. You understand? So I don't know what retirement will be for any one of us, but your retirement will be fine if you allow yourself evolve. If you allow yourself evolve, you must allow yourself evolve. And that's why you realize that the problem a lot of our parents had. My parents, for instance, like my dad, worked as a civil servant for 35 years. Then after he retired, almost 70, he now started to look for what to do. So he worked in an office, in an office for 35 years. AC office, had his desk, went from sharing offices with people to having his own personal office. But then he wasn't involved, evolving naturally. 
he was evolving the way the system wanted him to evolve. So he wasn't choosing his expression of evolution. So when he now retired, thank you very much, sir. Bye-bye. He now was at home and was now thinking, what do I do with my life? They now thought, I want to start farming. But that became very hard for him to do because he didn't have the strength to farm anymore. So he was starting from the rudimentaries of farming. You understand? But he didn't have the strength. 70-year-old going to farm every day it can be very, very demanding on his health, on his strength. He couldn't do it, but he, he knew that he enjoyed it. The problem was that he didn't allow himself to evolve into that man that was meant to farm at an early age. So maybe he had a tendency to say, oh, he liked the farming system. But now he didn't want to leave the civil service, which he had invested so much time in. So he said, I will go for it when I am done with civil service after 35 years. So you see that he couldn't evolve. At this stage, if he had started farming from when he was in his 40s, would have evolved, 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 evolved. He won't be so involved in the technicalities of farming anymore, the going to the farm. By 70 right now, he might have had his own product, which is just supervising and packaging and talking to, to supermarkets and talking to people that will store his product. Not the nitty-gritty of let's farm cocoa, let's plant yam, let's plant cashew. It's too stressful for him. So that's why retirement right now for him is like, ah, man, it's, it's kind of hard retiring, you know, because he didn't evolve naturally. So if you give yourself the opportunity to evolve, your, your retirement will be awesome. I'm 40, but I'm happy I've been able to evolve because now I have three children. I have three children. Children need a lot of time with their parents. And I'm thankful, I was telling my wife yesterday, I'm thankful that I'm not doing active design anymore, spending time at my laptop. Because if I'm doing that, how will I spend time with these kids? These kids will be coming and saying, Daddy, Daddy, let's play. So now I've freed up myself, whereby my active work is not nine to five. It's not even Monday to Friday. It's Monday, I'm free Tuesday. I work two hours every day, not every not nine to five. You understand? Because that is what my lifestyle affords me to do. But imagine if I, I pushed all that back then I wouldn't be able to do the things that are really important to me right now. So the, the older you grow, the more you are going to shed some work you are doing. You have to, you have to shed more. The older you get, you, going, you have to shed more. You can't be doing intensive work, whereby as you grow older, you do more intellectual, more, um, more intellectual work. So you consult more, you advise more, you teach more, you guide more. But some people, because of a lack of courage, they they get into that mindset of, wow, we need to hustle, we need to hustle. So you see people, 40 year olds, contesting design projects with 24 year olds. So when they're going to um, bid for the job, the 40 year old will come with their team to bid with a group of 24 year old and they're dragging it out. Should never be. The 40 year old should be advising the 24 year old on what they should do to win that bid, not be dragging out with them anymore. Same thing we have going on in politics. You understand? Those 70-year-old men should not be sitting in the Senate anymore. They should be advising younger people, say, go go to the Senate. Go to the Senate and go and do this thing. You understand? But they want to be there. That's why their retirement years will be hard. Because that's why a lot of them do not want to leave. Because if they leave, they say, what will I do with my life? They don't have anything. They don't have any structure anymore. So 
Um, Hannah, your, your retirement will be fine if you just allow yourself to evolve the way you should. Um, I think the last question Anna has is, in becoming a brand and marketing specialist, a branding and marketing specialist, what course do you advise I take? So you want to go into branding and marketing. Now, this is where we need to de-school ourselves. De-school. Branding is about how people think. One thing I will tell you you need, if you want to be branding and marketing, that people do not spend, you know, a lot of people go and study branding and marketing as a course. It doesn't really help. You understand? Just like saying, if you want to, if you want, it, when say, how do you make water? And the first ingredient they write is get water. That's the thing you want to make now. How do you go and get water? You understand? The first thing is what are the constituents of water? Hydrogen and oxygen. First get hydrogen, two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen. Then put these things together, they will form water. Want to form salt, get sodium, get chlorine, put it. No, that's how it works. Now, how do you put marketing and branding? What forms marketing and branding? It's people. Because you're branding to win people's opinion, you're marketing to win their engagement. So you must understand the people. One subject matter that a lot of creatives ignore is subject is the subject matter, is subject matter of. So I don't know if you can still hear me. I don't know if we went off for a while. Kristen, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you very perfectly. Okay, all right. So I think one subject matter that creatives ignore which you shouldn't ignore, is the subject matter of psychology. We don't study psychology enough. If you study just psychology, it will help you in becoming a better designer, a better brand expert, a better marketer. Psychology is everything about people. So I always tell people, read psychology books. Psychology books, so important, so important. There's an app called Script. I don't know how many of you have it. I'll, I'll put up the link if you want to get Script. I recommend to people on my mentoring group. In fact, if they don't join my mentoring group, you need to have Script. You understand? I tell them, you need to have Script because there are books I recommend and I want them to read it. When people join my mentoring group, they always think I will tell them they'll be recommending design books. I hardly recommend design books, but I recommend books that will lead you to how to become a better designer. So. Just like making water, I never recommend water. I recommend hydrogen and oxygen. Those two things will always give you water. So psychology is a big part of branding. If you understand the people, how they think, what they value, you can sell them anything. You can twist their perception of anything. So if you want to become a branding and marketing specialist, be a better psychologist. Read psychology books. If you want to go into um, the university to learn something, go and learn, go and learn, go and do a course in psychology. Do you understand? If it's about children, psychology of children. Do you understand? If it was about women, psychology of women, psychology of Africans. Go, go and read something about psychology. When, once you understand it, you become better. You become better at branding and marketing. So, branding and marketing design is pretty much psychology. 
It's pretty much psychology. That's what it is. Psychology and philosophy. That's all it is. Philosophy is psychology recommending to people how they should think. Psychology is psychology is pretty much understanding how people think. Philosophy is you recommending the right way of thinking. Those are two subject matters that we don't don't. If you go to university and don't tell you they are studying psychology, we always look at them as oh, what does one do with that course? Very powerful course. If someone tells you that studying so philosophy, I don't know if they are still recommending that as a course right now. They always think they are they are no future ambition people, and even they think they are no future ambition people because they don't know the power of that thing that they are studying. But with psychology and philosophy, you can rule the world. That is that is the core of thinking. Those two subject matters. Those are core of thinking. If you can anything, any book that talks about philosophy, the thoughts of a person, and psychology, how other people think. If you can understand those two things, there's nothing about branding and marketing that you can't win at. So I, do, I see a lot of people doing branding and marketing, and marketing is so bad because they don't understand people. I, I see so much. You see people go and choose um, brand ambassadors. Terrible brand ambassadors. Just look at these people just wasted money. They will never get the returns on this thing because their target audience don't connect with this person. They can already see it. I see a lot of people make those terrible mistakes. You understand? So they go and choose influencers when it doesn't work. But some people that understand psychology are like, this person is not popular, but when I look at the way the person talks, the way they connect, this person will do wonders for our product. It's the same thing. When you choose colors, it's all psychology. When you write, um, um, when you write copy, it's all psychology and philosophy. You understand? The more philosophical your copy is, it gets people to think. People are like, hmm, that makes sense. You understand? That's what we call smart copy. It can be psychology where it connects with people emotionally. You understand? So, if you want to be a better branding and marketing specialist, those two subject matters are very important. And the truth is, you don't have to go to school to study them. You can be in your house in today's world and read books. There are so many books on psychology. So many, so many books on psychology. I would, I, I have some of my, um, my mentoring library of resources. I'll try to copy them and send them to this group here. But you can only access them if you have script. Um, but I'll send them to, I'll send them to you, some psychology books that I have. There, there, there are some very interesting ones, why people behave the way they do. Um, there are so many ones I've, I've forgotten, but um, I'll send them to the group and I'm sure you'll find them helpful. Okay, you say, can I recommend one? No, no problem, I'll send them to the group. I, I, I'll send them, I have quite a number. I'll send it to the group um, for you guys to to listen to, and if you if you can buy them, buy them too. Um, all right. So, are there any more questions? Any questions? Because I'll answer the questions that were asked beforehand. Um, any questions that we might have right now that you want to ask while we're in class? Yes, I'm very fine, sir. Sorry, I joined in very late. I because I was expecting like there would be an announcement earlier, so I'll just oh, okay, be. Okay, 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 all right. Yeah, 
but uh, I've learned a lot from what you have said so far, and they are like very two stops. I'm just like, I just ask myself, like, what, what are you like this, this wise, and like, what's your secret? <laughs> like the the depth of knowledge is just like scary, and I don't know if there are things you do that has helped you attain this 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 knowledge base that we can start to do that you advise us to do i don't i would love to hear them and i want to ask about so if we are ideating because i really i noticed prior to this class when i tried to ideate on local design and i so because of that because of those figures and i because i find difficult ideating and because of that i thought local design maybe was not for me i'm, I'm like but because like how because I've seen people are able to talk about things like mind mapping and the likes. Like, is there a way or an approach to ideation? Like, is there a, a like an like a, a way that works so that because I figured out when I just focus on ideating without like maybe no plan, I just like I find it difficult to to come up with different ideas. Hmm. All right, those are, two, those are good questions. Um, thanks for the question, um, Yinka. Um, and you know, I think the first question is an interesting question. Um, I think the call to learning, which people might call wisdom, is in people and not in books. It's in people. Um, people are the biggest resource to our learning. And um, for people that know me, not people that know me very well, we say, I, always, I always refer to my wife. She's the one that knows me the most because I've lived with her for long. We've been together for 12 years. We started dating and we dated for seven years. So she, had known me very, she knows me very well. And one thing we, we, she always knows, I, I, one day I asked her, she said, what is my, what's my biggest strength? Because I, I wasn't sure what my biggest strength was. And I said, your biggest strength is the ability to talk to people. You talk to anybody. And that's the truth. When anybody comes to my house, whether they've come to fix a leaking pipe or they've come to service the gen or they come to treat my dogs, I always talk to them. I talk to everybody and I ask people questions. And in talking to people, everybody has something that you can learn from. So the more people you interact with, the more you learn, the more you learn. You'll be surprised how people tell you their stories and you learn something. So when you talk to people, you have conversation, they, they express a little bit of their soul to you. And from, from that, you can, it adds to your soul something. So I, I'm always talking to people, always talking to people. Talk to people more than you read books. And um, when you talk to people, you learn a lot. You learn from their failures, you learn from their success, you learn from their insecurities, you learn from their mistakes, you learn from their victories. So I advise us to always try to talk. You have opportunities to talk to people every day. When you're going to work, you're in the bus, start up a conversation with somebody. Very important. It's not, not only is it good for business, this thing that we call business is, is, not, is not a natural thing. So when, when I say business is not a natural thing, um, it is something that happens out of a relationship. It's just that the Western culture has taught us to be more aggressive about it. So we try to edge out other people so that we can get business. That's not the way business is meant to be. Business is meant to be born out of relationships. You understand? 
it's, it's, it's not meant to be as, as cutthroat as people make it so cutthroat that way people are comparing themselves and having a hard time selling. You understand? It's not meant to be cutthroat. There's a client for each and every one. You understand? And then when you know your client, your client can stick with you because it is you, not because you are the best. So there are some people that I've worked with, they work with me not because I'm the best designer, it's because it's, it's me. So like it's taller now. You can't work with someone else. That, that, I have clients like that. Even if I made the worst printing mistake with them, they will still come back next time. And, and, and you ask them, why do you come back? And I say, it's you now. Can't go anywhere else. You're a guy now. That's how business should be. You understand? But now it's, it's everybody trying to cut out the other person. So we undercut the other person. I'm like, okay, they are selling at this. We will reduce our own price. So you make it a very unfair thing. Um, so it's interaction. The basis of business is relationships, and the basis of knowledge is relationship. Whether it's horizontal relationship with man or vertical relationship with God, but those are that's where knowledge is taught is in those relationships that we build. Um, the second thing that you you asked about ideation is a good question, and um, I will just put it this way: ideas are not coming up. Ideation, the core of ideation is not coming up with um, a good and unique concept. That's not the core of ideation. And we always, we kind of miss it because we are trying to do something groundbreaking. Your intention should never be to do something groundbreaking. The core of ideation is to build on something that already exists, that is good and unique. That's the core of ideation. The core of ideation is not to come up with something good and unique, it's to build. So ideation is a very slight thing, but we make it, we get frustrated when we make it a very immense, huge thing. It's a very slight thing. Ideation, good ideation is an extra dot, not a whole paragraph. An extra dot, just a dot, is good ideation. An extra stroke is good ideation, not a series of strokes. But a lot of times you try to do a series of strokes and you get tired. That's what the African man tries to do. The African man always tries to reinvent the wheel. The foreign Western man doesn't try to reinvent the wheel. So someone has reinvented the wheel, so he puts, he, 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 he redesigns the spokes, the spokes of the wheel. There's someone who does what we call the rings. There's someone who puts like tire um, rubber around that wheel that we call tires. There's someone else invents what they call track marks on the tires to make to increase the friction. You can see how ideation is just one thing added to the other, one thing added to the other. But we in Africa we want to design the wheel, the spokes, the spokes, the tire the rings, the track marks. That's too hard. That way, we, that way the work is never finished with us. Then the next person comes and just discards what that person does and wants to do a new thing. That's not ideation. That is selfish ambition. That's people trying to make a name for themselves. And that is, that is grounded in insecurity. I'm a nobody, so I must make myself a somebody. 
But once we give up insecurity and now think about how do I make this experience better for people, you'll be satisfied with just adding one thing. The person that invented the automobile did not invent the wiper. The person that invented the wiper did not invent the, wind, the windshield. The person that invented the windshield did not invent the air conditioning. Everybody added one thing to the other. It was never a complete process. So you add one thing, one thing, one thing, or the other. So, Inka, this thing of ideation, it becomes easier when you allow yourself enjoy what other people have done. Don't seek to create something new. Seek to just enjoy what has been done. If you want to copy, copy. Do you understand? It's in that process that a little bit of yinka will just come inside and just add just a small essence and it becomes yours. You understand? It just becomes better. That small thing. You see, there is a documentary I'm watching right now on, on Netflix. It's called The Evolution of Hip Hop. It's a very interesting one, very long though, but very interesting. And there's this particular episode where they talked about producers. I never knew what music producers, what, what, what that really entails. I just thought they come up with beats. But one thing, what as, as I. I was watching that episode on music producers. Their process intrigued me. What they do, what a music producer does, it's a lot of what is called sampling. Sampling. They don't come up with these beats from the very, um, from the, like, the minutest detail. What they do, a lot of producers, they have crates of records, old records. Some of them from 1960, from 1950. So the older the record, the better. And they listen to these things. And they might just listen to one particular chord, one particular symphony. And they're like, that's interesting. And they take that and they put it on their computer and they begin to stretch it out and add to it. And before you know it, they've created a song, in a beat for a song in 2023 that was inspired by a song that was done in 1950. So they have a conference where they go and they just go and buy old records. Old records, the best producers in the world. That's what they do. They don't sit down and think, hmm, let me think of a beat. Hmm, maybe I should put guitar here. No, it's too hard. You understand? So they go somewhere and someone has already laid the foundation for them 50, 60 years ago. And they now build on their foundation. And they put their stuff out there. Now what they put out there, somebody else in 2050 will see and say, let me listen to what this person did. And they started, oh, that's interesting. And that's what makes the world better. But that's sitting down to try to say, I will think of every chord and every beat on my own. You always have headaches. And in the end, you come up with something that is not good enough. So ideation is just a little block on top, a series of blocks that have been laid by other people. So what I would advise you if you want to come up with good ideas, is just surround yourself with brilliant ideas. That's why I talk about design books a lot. Just look at, look, if there's anything any of you will get from this class, mm, please let it be the concept of copying and being inspired. If you can do that, you'll be surprised how your work will just improve. Just, just surround yourself with good work. When you watch TV, watch, look at good logos. When you look at books, look at good logos. Just surround yourself with it. If what you surround yourself with will become what you do eventually. 
and you realize that you, you you start copying what you've done then after a while your style will be that small thing that you just add to yours that small thing you don't even know it's other people that might even tell you i can tell your work i can tell your work because your work is always looking very rectilinear but they can say i can tell you because there's always this curvy thing you do before you know it you come up with this style you were not intentional about coming up with a brilliant idea you just wanted to do good work because you were inspired by good work so that's where ideation is try it and see and see if it doesn't work it will work that's how it works all right any more questions it's already six six thirty six so i might have to be closing this class in a few minutes if there are no more questions there are questions just a next question okay you have a question james yes i have questions all right, all right, all right. Ask the question. Yeah, yeah. The question is. Um, okay, you okay. You typed it out already. Yeah, that's it. But my network is kind of frustrating. That's why I just typed it out. Okay, let me read it. Let me read the central network is for frustrating. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'll read your question. I think James' question will be the last question we will take for this class. You can ask questions even after the class. Um, it says, "What are the deliverables when a client asks for?" A logo design job. Um, well, that's good. What are deliverables? Never just a logo. You understand? Even if they ask for just a logo, never just a logo. Um, yes, you deliver the logo in all the usable formats without background, with background, ESV, AI, whatever, a vector format um, version of the logo. Even if the client cannot open it, a lot of them tell, have told me, uh, you send me this .ai, I can't open it. I just tell them, just keep it. Don't open, just keep it. When the printer asks for it, give them that one. They will be able to open it. Um, what you also need to do is send a guide, send a guide, a brand manual. No matter how small it is, send them how to use their logo. Um, a lot of people are getting more um, educated in how to use a brand manual. Um, so you want to send it to them. Most clients, we won't ask you for it nowadays. They say, don't you have a brand guide, a Bible, or something like that? So send it to them. Um, that would also be something very helpful. Um, brand guys, you send them what the color, um, what the colors, what the font is. Um, you just guide how they can use it, placements and stuff like that. Those are the things I'll say you can send to a client, basically. You understand? Something that will just help them move on. So send them the logo, all formats. Um, send them a guide. That's also good. If you can send them a document that talks about the idea of the logo, also very good for you to send it to them um, that would be good you can also send all your all your preliminary investigative stuff just like what we talk about your mood board all those mood boarding let them have it it helps them to understand um the history how you arrived at this thing a lot of people don't appreciate these things till hindsight you understand 50 years when the company they want to do their 50 years anniversary that when they dig out all these things that's what people do in the western world that we don't do they tell you Okay, when we're starting out, this way the first Coca-Cola has in, incredible documentation, incredible, incredible documentation of their history in, in terms of branding. They, they show you everything, and that's because they kept everything. Um, so those are deliverables I feel you can send to a client for a logo design job. Um, so he said, can I expressate more on copying? Because if a client asks for my portfolio, and start seeing common 
logos on my portfolio i don't think it will be appealing to the client but what do you think sir my view is that acting that the act of copying is for your own growth and not to include copied projects on your portfolio please take more time to talk about this okay so um yeah you're, you're right about that in terms of the aim of copying is not just for clients that's very secondary it's for you however it doesn't matter um as long as it's not the client's work is not the copied work show them in your portfolio you see a lot of times then eh, we think clients are clients are not in your industry a lot of them they don't really know unless they are going to go and copy coca-cola or copy disney or copy all these popular so they don't know they don't know jack they are, they are too tunneled vision about their own business to start thinking of of having a cachet of the logos out there in their head no i don't i don't think so a lot of them don't know a lot of them don't notice um so it doesn't matter you understand put your your portfolio show your good work forget about original work in your portfolio show your good work your portfolio is for your good work it doesn't matter whether it's original or not original show your good work you understand so copy and as you copy you're learning you start doing your own personal work that work you do for the client that called you that you showed them your copied work by the time you do their original work you put it in your portfolio before you know it, your portfolio will be full of more copied work than original work. But as you are winning more clients, you start getting more original work, more original work. Before you know it, your, your portfolio will be totally full of original work. But put copied work there if you don't have original work. Put fictitious work there if you don't have original work. Whatever, what, what you want to show the client is that you love designing. That, look, you know what? Clients don't really care. I think that's one thing we must get. You see, that's why psychology is very important. The client, they don't really care about your technicalities. They are won over by your disposition towards your work. That you love your work gives the client more confident than you are than the fact that you are technical. You use the golden ratio. They don't care. The fact that they can ah, and this guy, man, this guy eats, sleeps, and drinks logo design. Let's work with him. They have to fill it from your portfolio. So when you do a when you send them a portfolio and just just two pages of original work, they're like, this one, this one. They let it work is original, but just two, just two, just two jobs he has done. But they are clean jobs, but just two. When they see somebody and they are like looking, they are the ones that get, they are the ones getting tired. They're like, ah, man, this guy must really love logo design. That's just it. Look, there's an advert. When I started designing, I put first advert we put on a magazine. At first, we were thinking of copy. We were thinking of what can we write. So we thought of if you want to design a great logo, please come to us. We'll do a great logo. We we'll do this. But then, after designing, one of my my friend was my partner. Then, he just came to my room because this magazine said they would, they would give us the back page of the magazine, which was a good opportunity for us because we had designed the front cover. So he said, what can we do? He said, I give us the back page. Don't pay us, but just give us the back page. So the guy said, okay, we'll give you the back page. Every time you design the front cover, we we'll give the back page. So we went to think. We're thinking of the best copy. We're thinking of copy. What do we write? That'd be very brilliant. But we're not good copywriters. So I remember we got stuck. 
and we are going to settle with one average copy of come and design your logo with us if you did this we do the most amazing logos and stuff like that and that my partner then i then i was still working from my house and so he came to my house that night and i was working on my system and he looked at my screen and i was using um picasa and picasa tiles all your work it arranges it for you so as he walked in he saw all the logos are done everything was tiled and just said tola this is our advert so we're going to take all these logos and just put them at the on the back of the stuff just the way it is like this so put it on the back and just write need a logo that's all and put our our contact below it and that was what we used for the advert that's why was our advert all those fictitious logos that i've created all the ones that i've copied real clients fake clients personal project i just dumped everything there so there were about 30 to 40 logos on the back of that it was just a tile of logos and on the top we just wrote need a logo if you know how many people called us from just that and people still come and say that need a logo advert i really liked it that was the only copy there look what that showed about us was that we were passionate about our work, that we ate, drank, slept logo design. That just made people just trust us. Do you think they are looking at logos each other and say, oh, this one is good, this one is bad. These guys have done this much work to just have a general overview. Those are the guys we want to work with. If these guys love what they do, they will put attention to detail. So forget about all this um, is original, is not original, clients, what clients want. Is confidence, and confidence comes from you saying, "I love my work, and I will do work for you, not because you are paying me. I work for you because I love the process." Any client, that's what wins them over. That while they are sleeping, they know that you are awake. When they forget about their work, you don't forget about it. That's what that, that's what they don't they don't care about the they don't care about the stuff. Just like when you go to a restaurant, you don't see what goes on in the kitchen. But what you see is what they put up in terms of their menu and stuff like that. What you see in their show glass, you understand? It's like, ah, this, guy, this guy has a lot they are offering up. That's what shows that they love what they are doing, not that they say our kitchen is clean. The kind of flour we use is the flour nobody has ever used before. Original flour, ground. We are the one that we, 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 we were able to grind it with our own machine. Nobody has ever used that machine. We don't care about that. The thing is that how often do you make donuts? How often do you make meat pie? How much do you love the process of making sausage rolls and stuff like that? That was that what that was clients want. So don't worry about the originality. Put in your copied work there. Clients will come based on what they see occupies you, not what impresses you. All right, guys. So thanks a lot for taking the time to be part of this class. Kosi, great to have you. Yinka, you've been very co um, consistent with the classes. Good to have you again. Timmy, good to have you. Kristen, thanks for being able to join us. I'm glad you had downtime at work today to be able to um, join us. James, thanks a lot. Um, remember, end of the class officially, but I still want you guys to keep interacting with each other. Put up your work here, working on a project to inspire somebody. The class has ended officially, but the cohort still stands. You understand and i think very soon i'll try to get course to even work on personal projects maybe cohort one cohort two cohort three and just try to see you know, how you can put together to work on stuff so 
please, it is an alumni right now. Um, some of you are going to go ahead to do very, very great things. A lot of you interact, collaboration, don't work in isolation. Um, when you're working on the project, you need help, ask on the group, I need help with this thing. Can someone just give me some direction? Um, people on court, one, they do very incredible when it comes to, they're the first, but they're still very active talking. Other calls too are too active, but they are the most active, and I'm so impressed. So, please, the class ends officially, but then interact with each other, get numbers outside the platform, know where you are located. Um, I remember when James was looking for um, material, and I don't know whether it was Timmy or someone that told him, I'm in your area too, I can help you. That's great, that's what it's for, you understand, at the end of the day. But thank you all, um, it's an honor being your teacher. Um, I'm still your teacher, you understand, so reach out to me if you if you would like to. I will try to send those books to you on the group, and please take out time to, if you want to join Scribd, use the link I would send to you to join Scribd, and have a great evening, guys, and let's keep interacting. If you have want to send any of your past work too, you haven't had time to do it, you want to do it now, please keep sending me your work, I'll give feedback as at when I am free. All right, guys, take care of yourself. I'll end this call right now.